Good afternoon and welcome to the Homeowner Show on TM Live. I'm Kerry Hayes, editor of SA Homeowner Magazine, and we are on Twitter at SA Homeowner, hashtag Homeowner Show. Today we have in studio with us the owners of 10 Bompers Hotel, and we are very excited to chat about this fantastic, exciting boutique hotel. We have a lot coming up, so don't miss out, and we'll be back after this. Welcome back. You're listening to the Homeowner Show on TM Live. I'm Kerry Hayes, editor of SA Homeowner Magazine, and we are so thrilled to have you in studio with us today. We are chatting to the owners of 10 Bompus Hotel, Christoph von Staden and Peter Okump. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, Kerry. Thank you very much, Kerry. It's good to be here. It's been quite a while since I've had two guests in studio and two gentlemen to boot. Well, as long as we don't talk at the same time, I suppose that's to. good. <laughs> right, in a little corner in Dunkeld, Behind humble walls lies a boutique hotel with a massive history. Originally the home of Christoph, your home, Christoph von Staden, the hotel was converted some 18 years ago into a boutique hotel with 10 rooms, a restaurant, and a recent addition, which we'll discuss a little bit later on. Christoph, this was your family home. Yep, that's it. Um, I sort of grew up there. Um, many years ago, I'm not going to tell you when because I'll be giving away my age then. 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Close. Um, you know, Dunkeld West was uh, very much a, a residential area at the time. Um, uh, it was uh, The house was built in the 1950s. It really wasn't a pretty house. You know, those years, I think houses were built for size more than anything else. So there was no real... I would say architectural merit to to those sort of boxy 1950s style houses that were built at the time with the lovely avocado walls and and <laughs> baths and <laughs> tiles and everything yeah you're right um it did have a lot of avocado tiles um but i suppose that was the style of the time you know and you had a happy childhood there tell us a little bit about your childhood growing up in this home yeah um you know it was it, it was a dun- it was Dunkeld, very much residential. Um, you know, up the road was was the Dunkeld West Shopping Centre. That's been there for many, many, many years. Um, there were even a couple of restaurants at the time um, in the centre as well. So uh, it was an era where you could walk up at any time. Um, things have changed in Johannesburg, and it's certainly in that area. Um, I think that it's become predominantly business orientated now. What's quite nice about Dunkeld West is that it is quite mixed between residential and business. So you still feel that you are in in a residential area, um, even though it is changing quite fast, I think. Christoph, you actually studied to become a lawyer. Oh, my goodness. And you've always had an interest in hotels, though. So what sparked the idea to convert your home into a hotel? Yeah, um, I was very fortunate to be able to to go to university. I I did study law and I also spent a year in Switzerland at a hotel school, Um, something I always wanted to do. And fortunately, my parents decided to send me there. Please, please just pronounce the name of that hotel school for me because I cannot get it right. It's called the Ecole Hotelière de Lausanne. Oh, wow. So it's in Lausanne in, in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, so it was a fantastic opportunity, but I came back, finished my, my law studies, but I never really practiced law. It wasn't something that interested me that much. I think um, the commercial field was more of interest to me. So I worked for a, 
couple of companies. Um, my parents have a, a small mining company that I sort of joined. And then um, it was always part of the plan to convert our house into a hotel one day. Um, and that sort of happened in the 1990s. And um, it was a fun project, you know, to take an old house and give it a new lease of life and do something quite special with it. Was it not a little bit heart sore, kind of seeing where you grew up changed into a place where the public would frequent? No, I don't think so. I think for my parents it probably was more of a a challenge, but I think they could see that it was at, at the, it was turned into something quite special. And I think they were very proud and very happy of what we'd done. I haven't had the honour of staying at the hotel before, but I have been there once for a function, and, and it's really beautiful. You can feel kind of the, the, the family love that that is in that home. And I guess you could say changing it into this hotel where you are still involved, um, I mean, you as, as one of the owners, um, is kind of carrying on the legacy, so to speak. Yeah, I'm not sure about a legacy, but um, it is nice that the, you know, it's, it's probably one of the few houses left, um, one of the few original houses left in, in the bottom part of Bompus Road. Um, certainly from where we are up to Jan Smuts Avenue, all the houses have been demolished. Um, you know, they've all been changed, whether it's townhouse developments or, uh, you know, office developments. So, so what was quite nice is that the original house, the structure of the original house is still there. And um, even though it's, it's quite hard to recognize what was what after we did all the changes, you know. Peter, let's chat to you a bit. When right. did you join the movement to transform the home into a hotel? I think I joined it around about 1995-96. I, I was also a lawyer at the time um, and, and remained a lawyer for a few years afterwards, but didn't know too much about hotels. It was Christoph's area, but got very excited about the, 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 the very contemporary designs that he wanted to do in this little property in, in Dunkeld. So that, that and it's it just fascinating and going from uh, being a lawyer to to all of a sudden being very involved with the public and being involved in designing the, the restaurant, the building, working with chefs, working with meals was, was, was a fascinating change. Have you always had an interest in hotels? I've spent many times staying at hotels, but never really believed that I never thought that I'd end up as, as, as an owner of a hotel. No. And be honest, it is quite a different experience being on the other side of the counter. It's a it's an amazing experience because you you bump into people from from all walks of life, from all parts of the world, and oh, they've been it, it, it's been a fascinating experience. How have the two of you worked together to bring Ten Bompers to life? Well, I think the 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 the, the lines overlap a bit. Christoph always says that he's involved in petty cash, and I think he was more involved in the design and the concept. I've helped a lot with the with the marketing, and somehow, but the the rest we generally do do together. And Christoph, what I would love to know is the process now of converting this home into a boutique hotel. Were the renovations immense and challenging, or was it kind of? A team that just made everything happen. Kerry, in retrospect, it actually it wasn't such a big process. Um, 
you know, first we had to get the, the right to do the hotel. That was that was quite a process. It because was a of the novel age? idea. Um, because of the age of the hotel, because of the location. You know, um, now it's totally different. But, you know, at that, during those years, Dunkeld West was still very much a residential area. So the whole idea of putting a commercial operation in a residential area was something that the city council had to get their heads around. And they eventually decided it, they, they would really support it because they saw it as a buffer zone between the commercial development sort of from Dunkeld West Shopping Centre down, um, a buffer between that and the residential areas further down Dunkeld West going into Craigle Park um, and Parktown North. So, so it was, you know, supported after a lot of convincing. Um, they supported the the concept of doing a hotel and a small restaurant. Um, so, from that point of view, that was the first hurdle that we had to overcome. Building and all of that actually was was really not a problem. We had um, a very good architect called Luke Ziegers who um, did all the work on on the hotel itself, the design of the the rooms. Um, the brief to Luke was he wasn't allowed to take any of the um, trees, remove any trees off the property. You know, it was still, as, as we discussed earlier, you know, a bit of an emotional thing, especially for my parents. They planted all the trees in the garden. So the brief was he wasn't allowed to. So the buildings had to be placed between all the trees. Um, the, the very old 1960s style kidney shaped swimming pool. That could go. We had no problem with removing that. You know. So all the rooms of the hotel were newly built. And there were three buildings, um, each housing three rooms that were positioned in, in the garden. Um, and uh, it, really wasn't, it, it really wasn't such a difficult um, building process. Um, Dunkeld West is quite a challenge because... Um, people might know it or not, the soil is incredibly soft. Um, we only have this sort of real red parktown prawn soil that you get in that area. Um, so they had to do a lot of um, foundation work because there was no solid rock underneath to anchor the buildings on. Um, and that's why a lot of buildings, if you look in Dunkeld West, are very badly cracked because of all the movement of the soil. Um, so that was the, the one challenge in, in the building process. But otherwise, it really was relatively easy. And the before and after, did you just walk in the first time when it was all complete and say, oh, my word? No, because, you know, you live with the process as it grows. So you don't actually, sometimes, I suppose, eventually you do think, my goodness, you know, this has been a huge change. But you, know, you, you do go through the blood, sweat and tears of, of doing the whole operation that actually when you do finish it you just think I've had enough now you know I need a holiday I don't want to see this building you know for a while but then you can't because now you have to operate it as a hotel and a restaurant so so that was the challenge yeah well let's talk about the hotel itself what does it offer in terms of accommodation and cuisine I mean you have a beautiful restaurant there we do um as far as the the hotel is concerned we we really designed the hotel rooms they're all suites um with the separate lounge area um, and a guest toilet. Uh, our mindset was, we're going to gear it for international businessmen. When they come to Johannesburg, um, not to stay in a generic hotel room. We wanted them to feel that they're staying, number one, in a garden setting. And number two, they had to wake up and feel that they're in Africa. 
So there had to be a strong African feel to to the design of the rooms. Um, we did a very interesting project. We we approached 10 interior designers in Johannesburg, Johannesburg-based interior designers, and we gave them exactly the same brief and exactly the same budget. And we said, you do what you want. The brief, basically, as far as the design was concerned, is, is a touch of Africa. And it was very interesting because they all came up with a completely different interpretation. Some used the sort of mining, African mining, area um, as their theme. The others went very African, but it was really fascinating what they all came up with. And it made for a real interesting hotel because people would stay in one room and next time they stay in another room and it's completely different. Uh, we wanted, we have proper fireplaces in all the rooms, um, which was quite nice to, to feel. It, it really, the mindset should be it's, it's home from home, um, which you can do with 10 rooms. You can do a lot of little extra things for guests, which is very difficult if you have a, a hundred bedroom hotel. You know. I'm a big fan of fireplaces and I think that the fireplace makes a room. It doesn't matter what room it is, the fireplace makes the room. Yeah, it does. Tell it us does about the cuisine. Now, I'm a big foodie as well. So what kind of style of cuisine do you have? What What's on your menu? Does it change seasonally? What's the, the, the MO? The, the, restaurant's called, the restaurant's called Wine House, which is a bit of a take on a painting which was done by a neighbor of ours. We have a, a, a small a small house in the south, southern part of France, and one of our neighbors, a very, I think she was an octogenarian, painted a, an Amy Winehouse painting, and we thought, wow, that's, that would really be the muse for the restaurant. We also have a huge selection of, of South African um, wines, including wines from the Cape Winemakers Guild. So the focus of the of the restaurant is is French cuisine, with a with strong focus and strong emphasis on on, on wine. Um, have a new chef uh, by the name of Johannes Dubrain, who is a very talented young man, and I think it's it's, it's we looking forward to the, the working with him in the in the next few months and building up a, a really interesting menu and a really interesting following in in the in the restaurant. Small menu, but strong French French cuisine focus. Well, that sounds like my mm. type of restaurant, especially the wine focus. I'm a big winer and I love my wine collection at home. So I'm going to visit your restaurant and well, give it a check. Kerry, I don't know if you've seen our wine cellar that we have. I haven't. Okay. It's it's quite different. It's a, it's a building that stands on its own. Usually wine cellars are very boring sort of structures, underground, dark and gloomy. And we decided to do exactly the opposite. And it, the one side is completely glass-fronted, overlooking the swimming pool and the new dining area that we've created outside. Um, and it's very visible. So when you sit outside, um, you look through the glass and you see all the wines in, in the wine cellar. So it's, it's quite a, a pretty building you know, from, once again, a design point of view. And um, we've, just, uh, we've just done a, a little bit of a revamp in the garden area getting ready for the summer season, which is hopefully just around the corner. One hopes. And um, so we have a, a, a new area that will be outside. You know, it's one of the few venues in Johannesburg where you can sit in a garden setting and have lunch or dinner. Um, you know, so so often restaurants have that have outside areas, you, uh, 
sitting in a car park and you're watching cars park, you know. Whereas we really have a proper garden setting. Um, and we have a huge vegetable garden that we've created as well. So most of our vegetables are from our own organic vegetable garden um, at the hotel. And we are sort of toying with the idea at the moment of maybe getting a chicken coop as well and doing our own sort of day-old eggs for, for breakfast. Wow. Um, I don't know if you, have you ever had day-old eggs? I have not. I, I have not. The difference in taste is unbelievable. So um, well, when we're ready, I will let you know. Christoph, you know? you're <laughs> on. I am going to be the first customer when that happens. Good. We were just told we can only have hens because apparently if you, if you have a rooster as well, they make such a noise that I think our neighbors won't take kindly to that. But hens apparently are okay. So. And if you have guests who are anything like me, you don't want to be woken up at the crack of dawn. Well, we live in Johannesburg. The hardy does <laughs> take care of that. You know. <laughs> Well, we are going to take a short break now. And please chat to us on Twitter at SA Homeowner, hashtag Homeowner Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Homeowner Show on TM Live with me, Kerry Hayes, editor of SA Homeowner magazine. Today we are in studio with the owners of 10 Bompers Hotel, Christoph von Staden and Peter Okamp. Gentlemen, 10 Bompers has a fantastic conference center, which developed from a need for more parking. Tell us more about the development of the centre, which you call space, which I think is fantastic. Yep, it is. It's, it's really exciting. Um, Kerry, we bought the property next door to us about 12, 14 years ago. And we always joked and we said it's the most expensive car park in Johannesburg because we only used it as a parking area. It was a very old house. Going back to my statement earlier about Dunkelt West houses being built for size and no architectural merit. Um, this one was seriously ugly. Um, there's, there's no doubt about that. The heritage requirements in Johannesburg are such that you, it is very onerous to demolish a house that's over a certain age, um, which is quite a good rule. Um, you know, it's up for debate when you have a very ugly house and you're not allowed to demolish the house, what do you do? So we decided to engage Enrico de Funkia, um, who's quite a well-known Johannesburg architect. And Enrico's brief was, turn this really ugly old lady into a young, sexy tot. Yeah. I'm very glad that you mentioned, mentioned his name because that was my next question. I had no idea how I was going to pronounce his surname. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, Enrico is a... A crazy Italian architect. I think he's done quite a few buildings in Johannesburg. We've had a very long sort of relationship with Enrico. We built a the very first commercial game lodge in Kruger National Park, right in the north in the Pafuri area. It was a lodge called The Outpost. Um, and Enrico was our, our architect. We, um, we were very fortunate to get the right to build the very first commercial lodge. We chatted to Enrico decided right he's the guy to do it for us we went up there we um, pitched a tent one night to find the right site to build it um, Enrico took a lamp burnt a huge hole in the tent and we thought whoa you know he's supposed to be building things not burning them but um, so we had a really good relationship with him we built the most beautiful lodge and that was our relationship so um, so it was a no-brainer that Enrico was going to do this for us and with us and I think he's done a fantastic job. Um, I'm sure people have driven past the building. 
it basically looks like a white glass cage um, floating in, in the air, and especially oh. at night when it's lit up now. Modern architecture. Yep, very modern, very. Um, the, the building itself um, is basically a conference and events venue. Um, we have two areas. We call the one big space and the other one small space. They're two conference rooms. This can also open up as one very big um, venue for, for events. Um, we have obviously the amenities that's required, toilets and kitchens and so on. We have a very nice um, covered area that overlooks a small lawn and a vegetable garden that we spoke about. Um, so it's, it really is, it's a lovely area with lots of parking. In the heart of Joburg, you can actually have a beautiful conference venue with a stunning view as well. I mean, what better way to kind of get the creative juices flowing? Yep. Yeah. I think yeah. The, 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 the face of conferencing in, in Johannesburg is changing a bit. There, especially with people having to work during the day and then come back, take their children, have to pick their children up from schools and drop them. They, they, to go and have conferences 30, 60 k's away is becoming less and less attractive. So to, to have a conference center right in the center of, of the, the business district of, of Santon, Rosebank and Hyde Park is I think one of the great features of, of our new conference center. And especially with traffic. I mean, no one wants to sit in traffic for two hours before having to come and, and put strategies in place for a big business. I think that's something we all face. And it's, yes, I think that's, that's a good point. Well, let's go into space and talk decor and furniture. The style that you've gone with is really an aesthetic mix of sleek, chic Italian design. And maybe this is, is kind of a, an influence from Enrico uh, that incorporates earthy, natural African elements. I love it. We've always had a, over the years, we, we, we've created a really good relationship with a producer of furniture in Italy called Bontempi Casa. So for many years, much of the, of the furniture that we've used in the public areas of Ten Bumpers and now throughout space has come from, has been imported directly from Italy. And, and yes, very, very sleek design, very, very contemporary. And, and, and very, very bright colors. And to, to balance that, our, our interest in, Christoph and I have had a, a, a very good, a strong interest in South African art, and we've supported um, up and coming um, emerging artists, and it, it's great to be able to show their work and to provide a bit of an earthy, an earthy mix and an earthy balance to the sleek contours of the, of the Italian furniture. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the art now that you have raised it. You also have graffiti, don't you? What is the story behind the art? Yeah, the, the, the graffiti, um, we actually bought that, I'm trying to remember bought now, that in, in 44 Stanley. Correct. Right? There, there was a gallery and they would take, there was an artist who took photographs of graffiti and he would then print it on canvas, you know, and... We bought quite a, you know, a couple of those. Um, it's fun. It's colourful. It's not, you know, it's not serious, serious art. It's humorous, um, colourful, and it, it adds to the atmosphere of of the building. Yeah. Well, I must say the ten bumpers is really ahead of the trend because we are starting to see, in some of the homes that SA Homeowner features, graffiti being used 
as artwork in the homes or in the outdoors. It's it's beautiful. Um, you you learn so much respect for this kind of art form that it isn't just yes. some random person spray painting a wall. There's actually an artistic vision that goes behind it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in in Paris, for example, I mean, the, you do graffiti artists. You did. I I just I was in Paris a few a few weeks ago, and I spent a day on a on a on a graffiti tour where we went through the various quite seedy suburbs, the old suburbs of, of Paris, looking at different types and seeing which were the most prolific or the most prominent of the graffiti artists. It was fascinating. It was a, a whole new world opened up for me. I didn't I didn't realize that there was this this history of, of graffiti artists and you had the heroes and the and some really amazing amazing designs and amazing amazing drawings. Wow, that must have been a, a real experience, sure. It's fascinating. Your furniture also has some really special stories behind it. I love the history behind furnishings, the stories behind it. In particular, you've got chairs and couches that have a little story behind it, tables, benches. Yes, I think, you know, the, the, the bench that we have on the outside area is one very long steel bench. Um, and that really was our concept, we said. I'm trying to remember where Peter. We I think saw that at a design at a design hotel conference, um, a hotel owners conference, went in Berlin one year, and they had this photograph of a hotel, and they had this long bench, and the light was behind it, and it looked as if this bench was floating in 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 the air, and it was beautiful. And we said, we're going to use that idea one day. So this was our opportunity. So we had it made. It was made out of really raw steel and we had no idea how to finish the steel so um, we experimented i spent a whole weekend myself polishing it and sanding it and so, so on. you actually built it yourself no no I, it. we we know it's it's heavy steel it was done okay. by the you know the people who did all our steel work for for the building but it was very crude rusted steel so it had to be finished you polished it i yeah. polished and painted and varnished and oh, it was fun you know so that could be some of the blood and sweat that you mentioned a little earlier. bit a little <laughs> bit yes and now i really love this the breakaway lounge which leads onto a terrace overlooking lawn and your organically grown vegetable garden what's yep. the breakaway lounge i think when people are on a, on a conference very often they break away in small groups um to do sort of small strategic think sessions or everybody needs a break as well when they're on a conference to go and, you know, if they need to have a cigarette or just to have a cup of coffee. And I think what we wanted to do there is to really bring the garden into the building as well, that you don't feel it's a, a building that's shut out from, from the outside. You know, generally we have such good weather in Johannesburg that it's very rare that you have to have a building with everything closed because it's too cold or too windy or too rainy. You know, I mean, those days are a, a couple of days a year. The rest of the time, the weather is so good. You want to be outside. And that's what right. we South Africans do, isn't it? We yeah. love to, to be outside, which is why I really loved your idea of being able to dine outside or with a feeling of the outdoors. Yes. That's what we, we do as South yes. Africans. We are outdoors people. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's actually surprising that we don't have more venues that have real garden settings, restaurant-wise. Um, you know, people very often say, oh, let's go for lunch. Where can we sit that's really nice outside in a garden setting? 
they're not that many restaurants. There are lots of shopping centers here where you can sit outside, but not real garden settings. Well, go and grab your cup of coffee or glass of wine. It is almost Friday after all. And we're going to take a short break, but don't go away because we have a fantastic competition coming up that 10 Bompus is going to spoil one of our readers with. In the meantime, chat to us on Twitter at SA Homeowner, hashtag Homeowner Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Homeowner Show on TM Live. I'm Kerry Hayes, editor of SA Homeowner Magazine. And in studio today with the owners of 10 Bompus Hotel, Christoph von Staden and Peter Okump. Gentlemen, 10 Bompus is a proud member of Design Hotels. First of all, what is Design Hotels and what does the affiliation mean? Design Hotels is a, it's a, it's based in Berlin. It's a portfolio of, of very contemporary modern hotels, generally hotels that are individually owned and, and, and privately owned. So they're not, the hotels don't form part of big groups. And in the, the, the commonality amongst all the design hotels is, is the design aspect. We we were approached shortly after opening up 10 Bompus by design hotels who said they wanted a, a an African property. I think we were the first African and certainly the first South African property. I think we there now there's one in Morocco and one in Kenya. But other than that, 10 Bompus is the only South African one, one and has been marketed by design hotels, giving us an international um, international footprint or international marketing ability, which has been fantastic. Wonderful. And what new and exciting things are in the pipeline for 10 Bompus and for space, the conference center? Well, without giving away the secrets. We have just finished space. So, Kerry, give us a break. We need to get our (laughs) breaths and energies back. Um, Now, I think our challenge right now is is to operate the, the conference venue and events venue the way it should be done. You know, it's it's a learning curve for us. We've never had a venue that can take 120 people for a conference. So um, we're really sort of at that in that process of, of finding our feet. I think that um, our sort of reinvention of Winehouse, the restaurant, um, is, is great. What is new is we are changing our menu completely, especially with um, Johannes, our new chef. Um, from next month, we are changing the menu completely. He has come up with the concept of a very simple menu of of five starters, five main courses, five desserts. Um, And you can choose one of those uh, either as a starter and a main or a main and dessert um, for for a set price. So it's not that the individual courses have different prices. I think it's, it's a trend that's sort of happening very much in Europe at the moment where you have that menu and you choose what you want from it. But it's a set price for the menu. So we're going to fine tune that next month. Um, you know, what's great is we spring is just around the corner. So um, we're really gearing up for that. Um, but I think our emphasis is really on, on wine house and, and the excitement that will come with that, the new menu. Well, I know that you are dying to go and visit 10 Bompers. So don't worry, we will put the contact details on the website with the podcast. But more exciting, one lucky winner is going to win oh i want this prize a two-night stay for a couple with a three-course dinner and a chef's choice of red or white wine to accompany that dinner as well as breakfast the following morning i don't think i should actually talk about this competition anymore i must just take it for myself but i can't unfortunately so tell us a little bit more 
I think the way we've done the prize is to is it's important that whoever wins the prize can really experience what the hotel has to offer, and that is why it's dinner at Wine House, um, wine selected from our cellar by the chef, uh, three courses of of, of of interesting French cuisine, um, depending on whether it's on on the t- eaten on the terrace or in, in, or if it's in winter in front of the fireplace, um, and then to stay in one of the suites and experience the accommodation that Ten Bumpers has to offer waking up then and having breakfast in the morning which is a full a full english breakfast provided by the hotel normally served I'd served on the terrace overlooking the hotel gardens wow that's amazing and look we're mid year now so who doesn't need a little bit of a getaway and really it's it's such a beautiful hotel it's like escaping completely out of joburg in the heart of joburg yeah absolutely sometimes be a tourist in your own city as well so um Maybe the prize winner should think of experiencing what a tourist would experience in Johannesburg. You know, it's very interesting to do that. Try to be a tourist in your own city for a day. Think what would an overseas visitor experience when they come to Johannesburg? There are so many places to go to that um, it would be fun to do it with a combination, then stay for the night at the hotel as a tourist would. Such a great idea. I've Mm. actually done something like that before. Um, in terms of, of going for an inner city walk. There's a company that does it. We'll pop their details yeah. on the, the with the podcast as well. And you see all this amazing graffiti, which is where I learned so much about graffiti. Yeah. And you learn about the history of our inner city and how it's rejuvenating. And then, wow, to go back and stay at 10 Bumpers, if only I'd known. That's it. Christoph, what is our question for the one lucky winner? I think... We are very excited about our new young chef. So I think that um, the prize winner would certainly have known what his name and surname is. Uh, so there you have it. What is the name of the new chef at 10 Bompus? If you didn't hear it, we'll podcast the interview and you can listen to it again and get the answer. But you don't want to miss out on this fantastic, fantastic prize. I wish that I could do it, but I will be visiting Ten Bompus and we'll be putting a few pictures up on our website with the podcast. Christoph and Peter, thank you very much for joining us in studio. Thank you, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for having us. And to the lucky winner of the competition, please take a walk around the hotel, chat to Christoph and Peter if they are there and send us your comments on how it was. Good luck. And we will be back next week. Same time, same place. Until then, stay informed innovative and inspired.